Welcome back to the Law of Happy podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Tatner. I'm an attorney and I teach laughter as an exercise. When we laugh, we feel good and we raise our energy. This allows more good, fun things to flow into our experience. This is the Law of Happy. So let's laugh, have fun, and practice the law of happy together. (laughs) Today, we're going to change things up a bit. I'm going to share my personal story on how I learned to trust my intuition and became a solo mother by choice, or as I say, solo mother by intention, love, and energy. My friend Lisa Foster recently interviewed me on her podcast called The Real Life Moms Podcast. Lisa's podcast is about connecting moms through powerful stories to inspire you to tap into your unique strengths while teaching your kids to do the same. I wanted to share this interview here so that you guys can get to know a bit more about me and my journey. So please have a listen to my chat with Lisa. I hope this episode will inspire you to trust your own amazing inner being, intuition, your incredible body, and the amazing universe. Hi, Lauren. It's so great to have you here today on the show. I am inspired by your story. Before we dive into all those details of your story, I just want the listeners to get to know you. So if you don't mind just telling us a little bit more about yourself. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. I always had a feeling that there had to be more than what we can see with our regular senses. And I felt there had to be more than just waking up, going to school, or for the adults, going to work, coming home tired, a bit anxious, stressed, going to sleep and repeating the cycle. I just felt there had to be more, but I didn't know what it was. I had my first energy or energetic experience with my grandfather when I was about 12 years old. I was very close with my maternal grandparents. They had survived the Holocaust and my grandfather was in the process of writing a book. He was putting together a huge book project that included his memoirs and also the stories of other survivors who survived from his hometown. And at one point, he wasn't yet finished his book, but he was in the hospital. And I had later learned that the doctors had told my parents that they didn't think he was going to survive, that that particular night was going to be his last night, that he was going to be alive. And I remember going to visit my grandfather that night in the hospital with my mom. And I wasn't being told much at the time because I was a child, but I had the sense that it was serious. And I remember being at the hospital and my grandfather was saying to my mother, what's going on? Am I, am I going to die? Am I going to be okay? My grandfather wasn't sure what was going on because they weren't sure what to tell the patients then. They didn't want to scare the patient, but they didn't want to give the patient false hope. So he wasn't being told much. And I remember him asking what's going on. And my mother and my aunt were looking at each other. They didn't know how to respond. I recall just wanting to reassure my grandfather since he wasn't getting any of the answers from any of the adults who were around. I don't blame them. They didn't know what to say in the moment. But my my intuition just brought me right over to my grandfather. And I said, Zadie, you're going to be fine. You're fine. Like I just had this strong knowing, this feeling that no matter what anyone else was worried about or saying, like the doctors, that all was well. And I just, I said to him, you're fine. And I thought, how come these adults don't know that? Or or why aren't they telling him that? I remember holding my grandfather's hand and just confirming or affirming that he's fine and that all is well. And I remember that I was wearing a bracelet that my grandparents had bought me from a trip that they had made to Israel several years before that. I was wearing that bracelet I called it my magic bracelet. I just loved the energy of it. And it was so meaningful to me for for different reasons. I remember holding the bracelet to my grandfather's wrist and telling him that 
there's good energy and just feeling the good energy and the love and the light and channeling it and directing it around us and to him. And when I went home that night and I was sitting in my bed at home, I, I did the same thing. I held the bracelet to my heart center and and without knowing what I was doing, I, I just followed my intuition, my impulse as a child. And I was just picturing my grandfather in the hospital and just sending him love and the good energy that I was feeling. The phone rang early the next morning. I remember around seven o'clock. It was the, the doctor calling my mom to give her an update. And I only heard my mother's end of the conversation. And I knew that it was positive. It turned out that what the doctor was telling my mother on the phone the next morning was that they didn't understand what had happened. Like they said, it makes no scientific or medical sense. But my grandfather was completely fine. They were going to be discharged of him. He was going to be able to go back home that morning. And I remember being in my room, listening to my mom's end of the conversation, hearing, knowing and feeling that it was a positive conversation and that he was well. And I just remember thinking that I, I knew it. I trusted and it was such a beautiful experience, powerful experience. And my grandfather went home. He was much better. He ended up being able to complete his book, the book project that he'd been working on for years. He had his book launch. He spoke at his book launch. He was able to go back to Israel to bring his book to the Holocaust Museum there. That was something he'd wanted to do. And so that was my first experience with following my intuition trusting that all is well and connecting with my inner being and with the universal energies. So powerful. That is so powerful. I have to ask though, as a kid, did you know this was a special gift or power or whatever you want to call it? Or were you just, okay, that's cool. (laughs) What were your thoughts? I believe that everyone, if they're open to it, that everyone has the ability to connect with their own inner being and with the universe or God or the universal energies. So I believe that we all have these abilities if we're open to it. I was able to feel and connect with my own inner being, the universe, and just trusting that everything was unfolding the way that it was meant to unfold and that all is or all was well. And I don't think it was me having a magical or special or different type of power. I just think that especially as a child, it was easy for me to just trust and not to pay attention to what the adults were saying. I didn't really know what they were saying, and I honestly didn't care about what they were saying because I knew that anything is possible, and I'm not going to listen to what I now call limiting beliefs. I didn't know these terms then, but I chose not to listen to it, and I didn't even hear it at the time. And what was super powerful in this experience was that my grandfather had a similar way of thinking and believing. My grandparents had inspired me so much, just the way they lived. I mean, they lost, they lost so much, so many family members, their homes, they, they survived the Holocaust. And in spite of the horrors, the nightmare that they went through, I mean, there are no words to describe what they went through. But in spite of what they went through, they chose to focus on what made them feel good, what made them smile. And that's what they would practice focusing on. That's the way they lived. And so they were such an incredible example to me growing up. I relate to this on so many levels. First of all, my dad was also a Holocaust survivor. Oh, wow. And same thing, same thing. He was always like happy. He was always so positive. And it always, and I think it did really trickle down to me, his attitude, because He's just very funny. Uh, He always made light of things. 
And I also relate on so many levels to what I call is my inner wisdom, kind of how I've learned it to be Mm -hmm. with the universe. So that's my way of just feeling my own intuition. But yeah, so I relate to this on so many levels. So I I just love it. I just wanted to put that Mm -hmm. out there. So this positive kind of, I'm going to call it a positive outlook, a positive way of seeing things that kind of trickle down to you and that intuitive piece. How did that affect this decision to become a solo mom? So up until my 30s, I was still making decisions or doing things because I thought I had to do them. So for instance, after high school, I went right into law school. I did my four law degrees. Even though I would admire or be inspired by some of my friends who took some time off to travel or do other things that interested them, uh, I just thought, okay, I just have to keep doing what I thought was safe for me. So I had my first awakening experience in my 20s. It was in 2006 when I was 26. I was already practicing as an attorney. I was getting a lift home uh, from my father one evening from work. And I had this intuitive nudge to call my grandmother from the car. So I called her up and I heard that she was watching her favorite show. It was playing in the background. And so I just said to her, oh, Bubby, it's Lauren. I hear you're watching Jeopardy. We can speak later. And she said, okay, but I just have one question to ask you. She said, are you happy, Lauren? I was not expecting that question. I don't think I'd ever asked myself that question before. And so it just caught me off guard. I I didn't even know what that meant. So I just all of a sudden felt super emotional. And I said, "Mm mm-hmm, because I didn't know what to say. And so she said, okay, because that's the most important thing, to be happy. And then we hung up the phone and it turned out that that was my last conversation with my grandmother. She ended up passing away shortly after that. And I was so thankful that I had followed my intuition and called her that evening and that she had asked me that question because it was just so powerful. And it's not about being happy all the time. That's not possible. We're human and in life, of course, there are ups and downs. But what that question means to me is it's really just a prompt or a reminder to pause check in with myself. How am I feeling? Am I feeling satisfied or at peace with the way that I'm making decisions or the way that my life seems to be unfolding up until this point? And I realized that when I did check in with myself, I realized, wait a second, these different things that I'm rushing around doing. I mean, I'm grateful for my education, but I realized that I was pushing myself to complete certain things in a certain order, to complete certain things by a certain age. And, and what would happen if I if I didn't do this? So I was making decisions out of um, anxiety or feeling a time pressure. And I wasn't necessarily making these decisions because they felt right or good for me. I hadn't even factored that part into, into everything. And so that was part of my awakening. So I, I started to practice adjusting certain things in my life, trying to tune in a bit more with myself to see how I was feeling and, and what felt like a good thing for me. But then when I was I was 29, and I guess on a certain level, I, I was still feeling this, this pressure to meet someone and get married by the end of my 20s. And so fast forward a little bit, I was 29, and I thought I had met the right person, the right guy for me. But I guess something inside of me knew something different, that it might not be the right person or the right scenario for me. So I, I, like I mentioned, I was 29 and I was um, supposed to be getting married a, a few months from then. And one day I was driving to work like usual. I was pulling into the um, 
into the garage. And I just remember saying, God, I have a question to ask you. <laughs> uh, as you know, I'm engaged to be married and I believe that it's the right person for me and the right thing. But if you know something that I that I don't know from your vantage point, can you please let me know? Because I'd rather know now if it's not the right person for me or if it's not something that I should be moving forward with. I'd just rather know now than later, if possible. And I thought, oh my gosh, why am I, why am I putting this question out there? Why am I asking this? I almost felt guilty for putting that out there because um, I, I really did feel like I was making the right decision at the time. It's and almost I, like you had this little intuition, which seems to keep popping up, yeah, that was yeah. bringing it up to the surface to ask. Yeah. And then what happened was that evening, <laughs> it was pretty quick. I got my answer that evening. The universe let me know. And I won't go into the details because I like to focus on everything that was positive that I learned from that experience. But what I will share is that evening, the universe did let me know that it was not the right person for me and not the right scenario for me. I did ultimately end the engagement for my own well-being. It was just the healthiest, best decision for me, uh, for me to make. But it definitely was not a light decision. At the time, it, it really felt devastating and it felt like a nightmare, actually, because it just felt like my whole world was had come crashing down. And But I did make peace with it, with, with this decision. It was a decision that I made out of love, out of what I knew was best for me. And and I know that when I make the right decision for me, that it will can only then benefit everyone else uh, who's involved. And... I was able to get to a place where I felt so fortunate for having gone through that experience because I felt it was the universe just helping me to wake up even more. And it really did. Once I was able to uh, go through the grieving process and process my feelings, my emotions, it brought me to an even stronger, more solid, much better place. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful that I listened to my intuition and that I I promised myself that I was going to be focusing even more so on self-care, what self-love means to me, uh, doing things that felt good for me, things that felt fun. And so I got into meditation. I started to take courses and things that I loved, like energy work. I became certified in Reiki, in hypnosis. I was dancing again. I was doing theater again. I, I started doing clown work and comedy and going on uh, different different retreats doing different things that brought me joy and made me feel good and that were fun for me. And so that was in my 30s. And so fast forward a bit, I was 39 and I was feeling so good from within. I was feeling, definitely feeling complete and whole and really appreciating my my unique journey in my life. And I thought, okay, I still haven't met the right life partner. That's okay. <laughs> but I feel like I'm in an amazing place and I'm ready to have children and to share my 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 love and my love of life with children of my own. And that's why at 39, I decided to start the process and become a solo parent, a solo mother by choice. What a beautiful journey, honestly. Like I know anyone can have, be intuitive, but I think your power is that you follow your intuition and you can listen to it and trust it. And that that is powerful because I think a lot of us are intuitive or get that gut feeling or a message or whatever it is, but we play it off. No, we just move on. But you really stayed with what was true to you. And that's what's so beautiful about your story. So now you have the idea to actually 
be a solo mom and go through this process. I have to ask, were there other noises in the background telling you not to or differently about that? Okay, so I always knew that I wanted to have kids, but I also knew that it had to be the right time for me. And growing up, I thought I was going to do things in a certain order. I thought I was going to first meet the right person, get married, and then have kids with that person. So when I was at the point where I was 39 and I just felt so ready to have kids, my intuition was telling me, okay, I'm ready to share my love of life with children of my own. I know I will meet the right person at the right time. I just didn't want to rush a relationship or to put pressure or extra pressure on a relationship at that point to speed it up uh, for it to go faster than it should because I was ready to have kids. I don't believe in making any type of decision out of feeling a time pressure or stress. So that's why I really had become open-minded or open to having kids as a solo mom by choice. So up until 39, I was still meeting people, dating, and um, open to meeting someone who could be the right long-term partner. So I guess one of the tricky things was the decision of when I was going to put that part on hold to start the fertility process to have a child on my own. So what I did was I went to an in-person support meeting with other people who were considering becoming solo parents or solo moms by choice or who had already become a solo mother by choice. I wanted to connect myself with the community to learn more about their experiences, get inspired from some of their stories. That helped me so much too. And I was just amazed with how many people from all over the world were either exploring this journey or on a similar journey of uh, becoming a solo parent by choice. I think that we live in such an amazing time where there's so much that is possible thanks to science and there's so many ways that people can become a family or have children. I, I think it's just amazing. It is so great to have that support of other people and other stories. I feel like other moms' stories really inspire other people to do to get through it, to do it too. So it, it gets you motivated to say, okay, you did it. I could do it too. I have this support. Uh, so I think that's such an important piece that you found another group of people to come along that ride and journey with you. Yes, exactly. And you just, you don't feel so alone. You feel, even though you're doing it alone, like you're becoming a solo parent or solo mom by choice. Right. They're you know, not coming over choice. to change diapers for your right. twins, but they can <laughs> yeah. resonate with you. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with what you said, because yes, there's something so powerful and helpful about a community where even though we're, we're having the child on our own, I don't feel alone. I feel like I'm part of this huge family or community and it's, it's just amazing. Obviously, the process, there's a lot that goes into the actual process and having the child as well. But after you've made that decision and you've gone through your process and you have your twins are now two years old. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have these two amazing twins, right, that you look at. What do you think? What do you feel when you look at them knowing that decision that you made back then? It feels so right for me, for us. I'm so thankful that they chose me to be their mom, that they came together. And actually, I connected with my twins even before the insemination, even before they were conceived. And what I mean by that is at a certain point, I started to incorporate a spiritual practice or a spiritual part to my journey because it can get so easy to get caught up in the scientific part of it all because that's a huge part of it. So I just decided at a certain point to leave the science and medical part to my doctor, who I trusted. And I really just made a point of focusing on doing things that helped me to feel peace because the fertility process, trying to conceive it, I mean, to say the least, it can really be such a 
a roller coaster, so many stressful parts. So I really practiced focusing on things that allowed me to feel good or feel some relief or feel peace. And so one of the things that I started to do was I started to communicate with my, I, I would call them my spirit babies, who I believed were ready to come through and join me uh, here in the physical realm. So I started to connect with, with my twins even before the the IUI, the insemination process took place. And that that gave me some peace and a feeling and knowing that they were here, that I was connected with them already. All that to say, to answer your question, when I look at them now, it's just so powerful. I'm always thinking about how we're, how we're connected with each other and recalling connecting with them before and during the pregnancy. And then now it's it, it just feels very powerful. Everything unfolded the way that it was meant to unfold, divine timing, and, and the way that was right for me and for them. Right. So maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about your own podcast. So my podcast is called Law of Happy. And the name was inspired because my grandmother's question to me uh, when she asked me if I'm happy. And so what I focus on the podcast is the power of laughter. I became certified in laughter yoga. We use laughter as a form of exercise. It's not comedy. We're actually choosing to laugh on purpose. And we combine breathing techniques with exercises that prompt us or encourage us to laugh or to start simulating laughter just so we can get all of the health benefits of laughing. Because the body doesn't know the difference whether we're laughing spontaneously because a joke made us laugh or whether we're simulating the laughter as a form of exercise. As long as it's a belly laugh and we're maintaining the belly laugh for a few minutes, we really get the same benefits of laughing. They say that laughter is the best medicine, and it really is. The benefits are endless. There are so many physiological benefits, emotional benefits. And after we have a good laugh, we just feel good. We feel better. And I'm, I'm blown away by that every time. And even though I've been practicing this for years and teaching it, it always just amazes me about how different we can feel after we laugh. And with laughter yoga, we don't have to leave laughter to chance. That's why we do these exercises so that we can get the benefits of laughter on a regular basis. And so on my podcast, I have an interactive part where I lead people in laughter exercises so that we can laugh together because that's super fun and the listeners can laugh with us and experience that with us. And then I also have chats with people who I'm inspired by, people who either teach laughter or people who have an inspiring story or teach other techniques where we can feel good and raise our vibration and chats with people who believe that life is supposed to be fun, who practice ways of feeling good. I find it's just magical when we can raise our energy, raise our vibration and feel good. It's it's really incredible. And it's not only the best medicine, it's also contagious. So it changes yeah. the whole room. All right. So I have one more big question for you. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like your grandma. Lauren, are you happy? Yes. Yes, I am. Because I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I'm making decisions because they feel right and good for me. I think your grandparents are just cheering you on right now. And hopefully you can feel that. But thank you for sharing your story with us. And thank you for inspiring others to really listen to themselves. Listen to that intuition that they have and just really pause and check in with yourself and that yeah. even though we might come across some things that don't go our way sometimes there's just lessons learned in those areas and they're not bad periods are just 
periods that maybe we needed to learn something and then check in with ourselves again. Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me as a guest. And I'm inspired by everything that you do and share. And so this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having tuned into this Law of Happy episode. If you smiled, laughed, or felt inspired, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the Law of Happy podcast with someone you'd love to have fun with. And if you'd like to laugh with me as a guest on the show or in a customized program, you can email me at lauren at lawofhappy.com. I look forward to laughing with you soon. Mm -hmm.